Okay, guys, so bonus question. Just as we turned the camera off, uh, Jack mentioned that if he could go back, he wouldn't go to university. Um, so, Jack, can you walk us through that? Because that's a big statement to say. Huge. Well, no, I mean, I, th I think um, it depends for me. You can't go back on it now, you said it. <laughs> no, so, 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 for me, I wouldn't apply, I'm not doing anything I'd apply my degree to. Okay. Right? So, um, for me, that's just debt. Like, you've gone, gone to university, paid a load of money for something that actually what, that gave me life experience. Mm. Is that worth yeah. 20 grand? Well, nine grand, I think. Maybe. No, now yeah, it's like 40. Yeah, now. Well, exactly. So, so I think you've got to ask yourself that question. And also, nowadays, degrees are so undervalued because everyone has them. Mm. So, yeah. You know, it's the same as your GCSE qualification. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would I go back and, and study at uni? No. Because it's debt, like I say... Um, it's nothing that I can apply any learning to in, in business. Mm. Um, as long as you're smart and you, you're perceptive around who you're talking to, yeah. and you can react in a, in, a, in a conversation in the right way and pick up on body language and certain yeah. key cues that you know, you, your audience are giving, yeah. then no. You know, I mean, do you need to go to universities for that? No, it's it's a life of hard knocks, and it's being streetwise yeah. and, and just knowing how to engage with people in general. Yeah. Um, so that would be you know, my I, answer to, I, to that. You heard it here first, guys. Drop yeah. out of school now. <laughs> <laughs> not, not school. Drop out of nursery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't bother with education. Well, or drop the phone. <laughs> 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 hey guys, welcome to Startup Hand Me Downs, the podcast that passes insights from founders and thought leaders down to the next generation. So I'm in WeWork, and as you can see, no one else is here. Um, so, season two, welcome, episode one. On this episode, we have Jack Bowman. Now, Jack Bowman is a serial entrepreneur. He's had three exits to date before the age of 29. Uh, his last company, he sold for north of 70 million and he had over 500 million downloads, like absolutely crazy stuff. Um, in this episode, we discuss how he manages to get some strategic partnerships. We talk failed investments, we talk exits, we talk ugh, everything. We talk everything. We talk everything startup. Hey, Rambis, hey, say what's up. What's up? Okay, guys, um, I'm going to put you into the action. Enjoy the show and let's know what you think. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, then guys, we've started recording these as well. So check us out uh, on YouTube at Startup Hand Me Downs. Hey. So thanks for coming down, Jack. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, dude. So uh, to introduce yourself, uh, in roughly four bullet points, can you talk us through how uh, from, say, your college days, uh, you got to where you are now? Yeah, sure. So um, really, I suppose my entrepreneurial journey started off um, pre-college. So um, putting on healthcare events and, and live music events and so forth in the Cambridge area. Um, took that with me to university, um, majored, completed university, but sold that in my second year to my business partner. You sold it? Uh, <laughs> While you were in university? Yes. Yeah, um, First exit in uni. <laughs> Freaking out. Well, why not? And, uh, <laughs> because they're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, from there, went to um, work in industry for a year, identified an opportunity to improve on um, some of the services that they were offering, and um, 
proposed that opportunity to the board of directors within this multinational business. They said no, um, so took that idea and um, built it into a business whereby we had an offer from them to um, to collaborate and, and sold the business to them, and then spent some time overseas with friends and family. Um, How old were you when you did that? So that was twenty three, and. And then from there came back to the UK to run a healthcare marketing firm and, and grew that from a UK based business to an international one within, again, about 18 months. Okay. Um, and then had the opportunity in 2012 to, or came across the concept to, that I was very interested in, which was around medications management and, and effectively allowing users who took medication the opportunity to take a picture of their medication label with their phone that would recognise the medication name, dose frequency and volume and set a reminder on their behalf so they knew when to take it. So that business quickly evolved from um, an app that focused on image recognition to an app that really allowed an individual to take control of all of their healthcare data. Can I ask how much the first exit was for while you were at uni? Um, undisclosed fee. Undisclosed, <laughs> but was it large yet? enough to, um, to, to live relatively comfortably. So you wow. got the job? At this pharmaceutical company, out of passion, out of sorry, six figures. <laughs> sorry, to <break> it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Possibly, possibly, yeah. Freaking hell! So, um, oh, you're at uni. So uh, you quit your job and you started to work in this venture. Can you talk us through what were your next steps? And if you could go back to that period of time when you just left, left your job, what would be your five biggest mistakes you would you would fix and do better? So I think. Um, you know, with regards to handle my health, having left my job and moving into that, I think probably one of my key lessons is to go back and, and be able to really validate the business model yeah. early on, ideally with test users whilst it's in the early ideation yeah. phase. Yeah. Um, I think it wasn't necessarily a mistake, but something that I would certainly do more of would be co-creation, so work with industry, work with experts within their fields yeah. to try to identify more of the opportunities early on, right? So I guess going into strategic partnerships now, so mm -hmm. with Handle My Health, your your last company which you sold, how could you walk us through step by step how you identified who would be the right partners for Handle My Health, how you went about contacting them and how the relationship grew into you, know, you getting being default on certain handsets? I think it's often identifying or, or trying to really scratch beneath the surface of those partners that you're you're working closely with understands what make in order to understand what makes them tick. So it goes back to that sales cycle of you know the fact finding needs analysis. Yeah. And once you've understood those components, you can actually then start pushing the right buttons and start because actually every engagement with a strategic partner or every engagement with a potential partner is a sales engagement, yeah. right? And, and you've got to position it in such because you don't want to just have a chat with someone and then think, oh shit, what are the next steps? Yeah. You've got to think, well, actually, I'm talking to you because, because. I want something, yeah. right? You're talking to me because I, you want something from me or mm -hmm. you're interested in what I've got to offer. Yeah. Um, so it really boils back down to that. So it's understanding businesses intricately and then adapting and, and tailoring your messaging for your own business or your own service to what they want. When you set up a business and go into strategic partnerships or you start selling, 
and going to market, you've got to have an 18 month plan. So what does the business look like in 18 months, right? Who's gonna buy you in 18 months? Even if you don't wanna sell, mm. who's gonna buy you? Yeah. Who's gonna buy you in three years? Who's gonna buy you in five years? Yeah. And what does the business look at each of those intervals, right? Because actually, if you spent time thinking about your business and you, start, you spent time researching the industry you're going into, you will know exactly where your business fits. Yeah. Or you'll have, a, you'll have a good view of where it should be in 18 months, yeah. therefore who should buy it. Cool. So um, then you grew the businesses up to, to rapid scale due to the partnerships which you just talked about. What I'm really curious about is when you have your exits, generally did uh, the buyers approach you or did you kind of segment that these could be the potential buyers who could benefit from, 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 from acquisition? and target them specifically? Mm. So, so, I mean, I think more often than not, um, an exit opportunity or a capital event um, presents itself when you least expect it. Uh -huh. And if you've built your business in the right way and you're working mm. with the right partners, they will approach you, mm. right? And, and that's nearly always the position you want to be in. And so I think with both the, lo the most recent businesses, it's been, they've seen the benefit from what that service has delivered for them. Therefore, they've made the offers. Mm -hmm. Can you explain in detail what that was, benefit to them? So, both of them have been very black and white around what have the benefits been for them. And it's around cost saving mm -hmm. or customer acquisition yeah. or strategic positioning of a, of a product and building out a service offering within their teams. And um, you know, that, that's often where I've seen and heard of these acquisitions happening. And, and to go back to the LinkedIn example, there are perceivable benefits for Microsoft and their Dynamics suite alongside their other 360 offer, it's 365 suite offerings to really bring that into the 21st century and, and provide a, a holistic 360 degree suite of products that can benefit the Microsoft Enterprise customers. Sure. Okay, so that's the business I've done. <laughs> I'm get a bit personal now. Sure. Do you remember the day you became, or your bank account first went over a, a million pounds? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You, so you weren't watching? Refresh, refresh. I mean, I, I've never really been financially driven. Like, I think it's always been around personal satisfaction, what I'm doing. And uh -huh. um, I think more often than not, you know, you'll see... I guess if you if you if you're financially driven, you'll end up in hedge funds yeah. and, and the city. Yeah. I think if you're um, if you're out to fix a problem, it's the satisfaction you get from fixing that problem rather than the money that may come, because I think that's that's the key word may come. Yeah. Rather than will come, right? Because there's no guarantee. Mm -hmm. You've got to engineer that success. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you've got to try to understand what are you in this for? Are you in it for the money? Mm. In which case probably setting up a business on your own isn't the right thing to do, you're better off sharking around for someone else who's got a good idea and joining them to add value, right? Mm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with being financially driven and orientated because actually need people like that. 100%. And I guess, you know, being so young as you are, did you ever find that your, your youth was, uh, let's say, detrimental or did it hinder you from doing certain things or commanding respect from whether that be partners, businesses or employees. Yeah, did you employ people that were older than you? And how oh, did yeah, that play Well so I think I think the bottom line, you know, it always comes down to um, 
how you convey your message. And as long as you've done, the way I view it is as long as you've done your research and as long as you can speak with authority on the topic that you're trying to talk about and sell your product into, then actually people will take you seriously. They may look at you and think, oh, well, you're young, what do you know? But as soon as you start talking about it and you start approaching things in a way that they haven't necessarily considered, mm -hmm. or you, you are talking about things they have considered but haven't necessarily done because of a certain reason, yeah. then actually you've got their, you've got their, their attention. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Okay. And uh, to move on to our kind of final two questions. One, if you could go all the way back uh, to kind of your college days, what would you say to your uh, to a young kind of younger version of you, uh, if anything? Invest my money in Facebook. Yeah, why not? Well, look, I mean, if I could travel in time, there'd be a lot of different things. I, well, there'd be a lot of things I'd do differently. But um, really. Well, you know, I mean, in terms of deploying my capital in different Okay, ways, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of, you know, lessons learned, um, the journey I've been on, no, no, not at all. I think, you know, it's character building, right? Um, yes. I think that's key. Uh, who knows what I'd be doing now if I'd gone back in, to my college days and said, you should be doing this, this and this, or done this differently. Hmm. And I guess in terms of like books or people you look up to, is there any are there any types of books that you can recommend to read or people you kind of no, look on, up to? Honestly, I, I, I have very little time to read. Um, I think um, modelling yourself on someone else or trying to um, build a business in the style of someone else, you can get caught up in. Yeah. Right? But I think actually it's what can you learn from those individuals. And you can only ever build a business in your own style, right? We're all individual. Yeah. Therefore, the very essence of that individuality mm. means that you're going to build your, you're going to run your own business in your own way. Um, you might have grand visions of running it in the way Branson runs his, or Elon Musk has built his. But actually, at the end of the day, you're going to have your own flavour of leadership yeah. and your own approach to selling. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, that's uh, that's probably my. My tuppence on any books that I'd recommend, I'd yeah. say. No, I think you know, reflect on, on what you do well and, and your own approach because you can read these books and you can you can view videos on how people are doing their own thing, but the reality is is you've got to be happy with how you're running your own business and how you're progressing with your own ideas right? and, and, and how your team are gelling with you. Mm. Not how they should be gelling with Branson 2.0 or yeah. 2.0, right? In, yeah. in your vision of what they should be. Yeah. Um, so it comes back to, to you being yourself. And that shines through when you're talking to people, right? If you're trying to be like someone else, they'll see right, right through it. 100%. But if you're, if you're who you are and you're selling or you're talking about your product because you're passionate about it and your team motivated because they can see that you're passionate, they believe in your vision because they believe in you, hmm. then yeah. Crack on, you're going to be successful. That's a motivating way to end. It really is, yeah. you know. I was going to say that is yeah. spot on. Yeah. <laughs> You've done the best. Might be the, that might be the best ending we've ever had. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I think we'll wrap it up so, there. Yeah. So right. thanks for coming down, Jack. It's, it's been amazing. Great to have you on. Brilliant. So, I hope you enjoyed that. The three main points from today's episode were one, 
Jack managed to scale his businesses by piggybacking off the back of existing businesses. So he didn't just go out there and did, you know, some growth hacks. <laughs> he did the ultimate growth hack. He found what, what brands resided with his brand, partnered with them and scaled and managed to get 500 million downloads. Now, not only did he manage to get 500 million downloads or managed to piggyback off the back of these businesses, but before he'd done that, he actually figured out which businesses would actually work well with his and how he could benefit them. That is the key. The final takeaway is the fact that Jack said he wished he never went to university because it was a complete waste of time and it did not help him with any of his businesses. As always, guys, please subscribe if you found this show useful and interesting and share. Till next time.